0: Blog
1: Talk Radio. Hello everybody, it's Marty and I'm so happy that you are here with us for this wonderful training for authors today. It's the five secrets to skyrocketing your book launch sales and our guest today is David Sanford. Today during this one hour program you are going to discover David's five secrets To skyrocketing book launch sales number one think way beyond endorsements number two why stop with a great forward number three clone your book early and often number four reward your best endorsers with special editions and number five rocket digital copies to a million readers well this is Marnie and our guest today is David Sanford he is a a, um, professor at Corbin University he has helped over 400 Uh, authors get their books published and out there. He loves working with key leaders in the busy intersection of speaking events, social networking, mass media, and publishing amazing books that open further doors for these leaders to do what they love to do and are most passionate about. And he's here today with us to share his five secrets. Welcome to you, David.
0: Well, hello. It's so great to talk with you again. Wonderful to be on your program.
1: Well, let's go ahead and dive right in, because we've got a lot of ground to cover in this hour Maybe step back for a moment and give us a little intro about what what is the background on these.
0: Well, I think it would be helpful to look real quickly at my own backstory. You and I both know what it's like when we meet somebody, uh, decide that we really like them, we discover what they do, and then we ask them what their dreams are. And I often will tell someone, if you could wave a magic wand. What would you love to do? Of course, you know how they look straight in your eyes, pausing, trying to determine whether they can trust you. And it's hard for me, but I try to (laughs) just smile and say nothing, waiting for them to talk. Often people will tell me, I've never told anyone this, but here's what my dream is. And so for me, it's really a sacred experience. The fun thing for me is to invite them to explore with me how to make those dreams come true, one or two dreams at a time. And I really believe, Marty, that I was born to do this. But sadly, <laughs> I wasn't born into a family that encouraged me to dream. And in fact, I was kicked out of my family when I was only 13 years old. So I had to seek out a mentor uh, to become my surrogate father or mother, so to speak, and for reasons I still cannot comprehend to this day, uh, my first mentor walked out of my life. No goodbye, not a movie, nothing. He just disappeared. My second mentor announced he was moving to Dallas, Texas. I love Dallas, but that was the last I ever heard of him, and I don't even remember his name anymore. My third mentor announced one day that she was moving to Los Angeles. Again, I love Los Angeles; been there many times. My fourth. Mentor announced that he was moving a couple hundred miles away. My fifth mentor announced that he was moving back east. But you can imagine. Here I am, 13, 14, 15, 16. After all that loss, finally at the age of 20, I determined to select the best possible mentors, to build trust with each one, and to make a commitment to be all in for years to come. And Martin, that's why I love what you do, because you're there day in and day out, week in and week out, year in and year out, providing wonderful resources for so many thousands of women around the world. And the fact that you haven't gotten tired of it or or given up or chased something else, to me, just means the world, given my own experience. And so thanks to my mentors I had after age 19, starting when I was 20, 21, and on, thanks to those mentors, I discovered the joy of, and the magic of opening doors for other people. And to say the least, just like you, I love opening doors for others. And among other things, I love opening doors for leaders at that busy, busy intersection of speaking events, social networking, mass media, and publishing amazing books that open more doors for those leaders to do more of what they care about and love and are passionate about. And again, I do that here at Corbin and with a couple of people outside of Corbin, but that's really where my heart is coming from. And, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, that hasn't changed because I've quote-unquote changed careers. I'm still very passionate about doing the same thing. As uh, so my mm-hmm. friend Bill Treasurer says, leaders open doors. In fact, he has a new book out by that title. Have the chance to spend some time with him this summer. Great concept that leaders open doors for other leaders to come mm-hmm. through, and that's what I love.
1: Mm-hmm. Now it's it's such a privilege, isn't it? It's really it's really so much joy to watch people develop and to step into their own space. Um, you know through through a door that maybe you had something to do with. It's so fun to do that. And, and you were um, recently um, had, had called out on Forbes there. What was that one about? Well, yeah, um, of course, there have been a
0: lot of articles in the media talking about how the book publishing world is changing, um, consolidating, morphing, Uh, you know, some are saying it's the end of the book publishing world. Others are saying, no, it's more exciting than ever. And I just simply uh, responded to an article they had on, you want to write a book, save some pain and read this first. Well, the article wasn't exactly all uh, encouragement. Um, So I wrote a comment that they ended up highlighting, kind of as a sidebar to that article. And I simply said, thanks for the article. After more than 300 book deals, I've turned in my literary agent badge, and I just went on in the comments to say, what a freeing experience. I'm not abandoning the publishing world. Instead, I'm enjoying all of its best forms more than ever. Hmm. And I went yeah. on in the comment to say, to me, every great book is a golden key that opens exciting new doors for speaking engagements, again, for mass media appearances, social media buzz, etc." True. A lot of people don't have a good or great book in them. And again, a lot do. The more on-ramps and fewer roadblocks we can create for them, I told Forbes, the more everyone wins. And then I just went on to say I presented a No Fear two-part workshop on today's best publishing options at a number of colleges, grad schools, universities, conferences, and I would be glad to send those handouts to Anyone who reads Forbes, uh, just drop me a quick line at at dsanford.corbin.edu, and uh, I gave them a link to my LinkedIn bio just to show that, yes, I'm a real person (laughs) who actually has had some experience uh, doing what I'm talking about. It's amazing to see how many positive comments I've gotten from around the world uh, in response to that note uh, from uh, the president of a prestigious university in London, England, to uh, individuals in India, um, Asia, uh, other parts of the world, and um, it's just been a delight to share those. And, of course, as you know, I'd love to make those available through your website to any of your listeners.
1: Yeah, right. We're going to talk about that after a little while. So we'll come, we'll ring back around, but hang in hang in here for that, you guys. Let's go ahead, David, and start right into this, how to think beyond endorsements. And first of all, I just want to just encourage you listeners, first of all, if you're thinking of publishing a book, it will open doors for you. Um, that's definitely true. It has wonderful side benefits that come with publishing a book. But I think as a writer myself, the most important thing for me was that people would read it, (laughs) David, that, Uh you know, um, the the side benefits and the open doors uh, take you to new audiences, of course, which is what you want is more people to hear your message. But when you go to all the trouble, really, of writing a book, when you take the time and you do the investment, the thing you want most of all is for people to actually read it, for people to actually hear the message. And that's why we're doing this program today, because it's not only about launching your book sales, it's about launching it so that it can take off. You know, I mean, it'd be one thing to launch a rocket and have it, you know, turn back down and crash into the earth. You don't want them to do that. But the launch is very important if you have a good launch year much more successful of having a good flight, and so these are David's five keys um, to a great book launch, and some of these are kind of new strategies. They were definitely new to me, which is why I asked him to be on the show here with us today. So let's talk first about thinking way beyond endorsements. So we all know what an endorsement is, you know, it's that blurb on the back of the book or the front of the book or the inside jacket where somebody says they love the book, but uh, David, what is, how do you think beyond that then? Well, yeah, I'm often
0: asked, you know, what does it take to uh, pr- uh, pursue book publishing successfully? And, and, you know, it doesn't start with endorsements, but, uh, you know, we have to have something to say, uh, a marketable idea that's fresh, compelling, and wanted, and we need to know how to write it well uh, in manuscript form, and we need to know how to sell it using today's best practices. And, of course, endorsements have been around forever. But we really need to be ready to do some important and potentially enjoyable market research just to help us know our audience, what other folks are out there on the same topic. And then fourth, we've got to establish a growing media and speaking platform. And of course, that's exactly what you've done for years. And the reality is we're in an increasingly competitive world. And we'll talk more about that later. But that's why these five secrets I think are so important and the fifth you know secret or the fifth uh, principle on pursuing book publishing successfully I like to say is optional but it really helps and that's perseverance I like what my friend John guest says that the common denominator of all successful people is perseverance And that's certainly true in my life it's certainly true in your life Marty and uh, how do we do that through thick and thin it's through family and friends and individuals who are mentors or influencers who are part of our life. And so, you know, I think oftentimes we look at our book project as if we're the only person on the team. And really, we need to have a number of people on our team. Endorsers, which I'll get to in a minute, but we need to have a Barnabas or two. Uh, Barnabas, of course, was the nickname for Levi uh, in the New Testament, someone who... Uh, Barnabas means son of encouragement. He was someone who encouraged Mark, who wrote the Gospel of Mark, encouraged Saul, who became Paul, the great apostle who wrote half the New Testament. Well, we all need a Barnabas or two in our life, and that's certainly true for me. Even after all the things I've done, um, we do need that. Now, of course, a Barnabas can end up being an endorser as well, and we'll get to that. But then we want to invite people to contribute to our book. They may offer ideas or principles or quotations or stories or sidebars that we can use in our book. And then i like to also uh, invite on my team kind of an ad hoc review committee that can be made up of both friends and experts, published authors, editors, people that represent the audience that I'm writing the book about. And... um, I just ask them to be very blunt, critical, and straightforward. If you were to call my wife on her cell phone right now, um, 971-226-7247, Renee would say, you know, does David pick up on clues? No, he's thick as a brick. (laughs) You know, be very blunt with him. And uh, the reality is that a lot of times when people ask us to critique what they've written, whether it's a chapter or a whole book, We are afraid of hurting their feelings, and the reality is I have blind spots, and by definition, the blind spots in my manuscript, I can't see. I need somebody else to see those for me. But once we've got the manuscript polished, we're ready to go. Then I go out to the endorsers, and the endorsers really have three options. They can either speak well of us as the author. They can talk about the quality of the book or they can talk up the importance of our particular topic. In turn, as authors, we often forget that we also have three options, and that's why it's so important to think beyond the endorsement. Typically, as you said, we see the endorsements on the back of the book, on the inside flap, on the opening page of the book, and I really think that we need to keep in mind that we really have three options when we ask somebody to do an endorsement. We can publish their endorsement just the way it is. We can use part of that endorsement as a brief blurb on the front cover. Or we can turn it around to the most enthusiastic endorser and ask him or her to write a foreword for our book. And uh, let me just give you a quick example. Uh, outside of my work at Corbin University, I currently have a client named Rick Paget, And on his behalf, I asked several people to write endorsements for his brand-new book on prayer. One of those friends is Kathy Covill, the founding director of Hollywood Prayer Network. And her endorsement was so enthusiastic that I asked if she would like to write a foreword for Rick's book. She and her board of directors just happened to be meeting the next night. They loved the idea. And that's just one example of how to think beyond the endorsement. And it was really uh, Kathy Covill's own enthusiasm that prompted us to ask her to write the foreword for that book. So again, we want to think beyond the endorsement and really build up uh, our team of individuals who are going to help us to promote that book when it first comes out.
1: That's awesome. Okay, this is Marnie. We are going to come right back and talk about Lifestyle with a Great forward and how to clone your book early and often. This is Marnie with David uh, Sanford here today on uh, author training. will be right back. Well, welcome back. This is Marty Swedberg, and we're talking today about how to uh, skyrocket your book launch sales. And our guest today is David Sanford. He's helped so many hundreds of people get their books out. And excited to have you here today, David. Why don't you talk a little bit now about the, the forward in a book, and now, how can a forward actually help you launch your book?
0: Well, I think uh, it can help us launch a book in at least a couple of important ways. One is uh, a forward, especially for the first book that somebody writes, helps give credibility to that author and to that book. And uh, secondly, uh, if that uh, individual who's written the forward is so inclined, she can turn around and send that book out or words about that book Uh, by email, in a newsletter, through the website, through her blog, many different ways that she can go beyond simply writing the foreword to help promote the book. And, of course, over the last 15 years, it's become much more common to see books with both a foreword and an afterword. And I think in the next few years, we're going to see that become much more common, where a single book has a foreword by this person, and another edition with a forward by a second or third person, or uh, an afterword by that second person in the same book. But uh, uh, that's only going to happen if authors overcome any latent fears that they may have. You know, as you know, I've helped new authors publish just huge stacks of books. Some are upcoming leaders, like I mentioned. Others are at the top of their game. So you know, we're talking very successful individuals in some cases. Yet every time, every person I've ever worked with has hit fear head on. And the five most common professional fears that I see are the fear of silence, of just taking the time, perhaps at our favorite coffee shop or uh, restaurant or library or some other place that's really comfortable for us, to just perfectly quietly, silently um, uh, make notes of individuals that we might ask um, to write that forward or to write that afterward. And then we also hit the fear of sharing. So many people have a book in their computer that they've never shared with anyone. And that fear of sharing literally keeps them from getting published. I remember talking to one dean And uh, not here at Corbin, at a different university. And I said, how many books do you have in your computer? Uh, Sitting there in his desk, uh, on his desk, um, uh, at a well-known Christian university. And he said, well, I've got 11 books in there. (laughs) I remember looking at the dean. I just had this shocked look on my face. They said, please do the world a favor. Quit writing books. Let's get one or two of those books out of your computer and get it published. And so he let me look at all 11. Um, I cheated and picked the one I liked the most. We had that published first. The publisher got a hold of us and said that they had pre-sold over 40,000 copies of that book mm. before it ever came out. Well, you can imagine what would have happened if those 11 books had just stayed in his computer. And so we have to get over, number one, the fear of silence, number two, the fear of sharing, and number three, the fear of selling. We're just so afraid that we're going to offend somebody if we try to say, hey, I've written a book. I would really be honored if you'd be willing to consider reading it and writing an endorsement. And then we have the, the twin fears of rejection and fear. I think all of us bear the scars of rejection and failure that we've experienced, sometimes very early in life, that keep us back from pursuing our dreams. And so that's where Barnabas is so encouraged, you know, so important to encourage us to step out there and not be afraid of possible rejection up fear. For me, when I ask somebody to endorse a book that I've written or the book uh, that a friend of mine has written or a client, what's the worst they can do? They can say no, you know? <laughs> Um, you know, it's just really not that big of a risk. The, the fifth and final fear that people have to address head-on in this list of five professional fears is one that's very counterintuitive, but I see it again and again, and that is the fear of success. They are afraid that somehow if this book really does well, that it's going to ruin my life. <laughs> Of course, the opposite is the case. It's going to open up exciting new doors of opportunity. not that you have to say yes to all those opportunities. You have to say no to a number of them. But um, we need to overcome these fears. And the way we do that, that I like to talk about, is that each of us are born with a golden key ring. Now, I'm not talking literally. I'm talking figuratively. But each of us are born with a golden key ring. And the more golden keys that we collect, the more doors of opportunity will open up for us. We don't have to collect all the golden keys that are out there, but we do need a few. And let me just talk real quickly here about some of these golden keys that will help us to not only get a great forward for our book, but go well beyond that. For example, there's the golden key that I don't have of going to an influential school. Some people do. Uh, Corbin's always listed in the top five or six best comprehensive universities on the West Coast. Uh, ahead of University of Washington, University of Oregon, and a number of other great schools. But um, but not all of us have gone to a uh, long-respected, um, you know, influential school. Maybe we have influential friends. Well, that's, <laughs> that's been one way that God has really blessed me. And... Um, but do we have an influential friend or two or three or five that we can ask to consider writing an endorsement and then possibly if they're enthusiastic enough to write a forward for a book. And um, other golden keys include being interviewed, um, not just uh, on the cover or the front page of a newspaper or magazine, but uh, to be interviewed by any publication, even online. And... Um, the more articles that we have the opportunity to do either through interviews or uh, our own writing, and the more broadcast interviews we can do on radio and TV, the better. Of course, you can imagine my poor kids growing up with both mom and dad being very involved uh, in the whole media and communications and publishing world. Uh, my son, who's 16, when he was six, woke up on his birthday and decided, hey, I want to be on my favorite radio station this morning. So he just called up and he ended up getting on the air with the DJ and talking away. <laughs> and oh, uh, sometimes I think that kids uh, are more willing to collect these golden keys than we are as adults. Well, um, there are a number of other ways that we can collect golden keys. Mm. A lot of us have a really talented nephew or niece who's great at creating videos for YouTube. Why not have them create a great two, three, or four-minute video for us that we can uh, use on our blog or we can share on YouTube? And, of course, uh, blogs themselves, websites, all um, are great ways to go. Of course, please don't go out there and spend a ton of money to create the world's best website. I remember talking with one friend, Scott, who uh, was all excited about creating a website and he spent $40,000 on a consultant writing a 10-page memo of what that website might have in it. Wow. Now, he didn't even get a domain name, let <laughs> alone a web page. He just paid $40,000 for a memo. And I sat there and I go, Scott, what did you do? I could have written that memo for $4,000. <laughs> he choked him, with him, but a little aghast at how much money he spent. So I'm not saying go out and spend a lot of money to get these golden keys, but the fact is God gives us golden key opportunities and so many times we just don't know to see them. Another golden key is having an opportunity to travel internationally, to meet a national or international dignitary, to writing an endorsement for somebody else's book, uh, to take a new job or uh, start a a company or ministry, speak at a conference. There's so many things that you talk about all the time, Arnie, that, that people who are listening, paying attention, taking action are already doing. And so I think for most of us, we not only have that golden key ring, but we have a number of golden keys already on that ring. And then the question is, how do we look at that and say, here are the doors of opportunity that I'm going to intentionally open? And so, again, for, for Karen Colville, uh, doing the foreword for Rick Paget's book, Get Prayer and Get It All, it was just, Karen, what else would you like to do? And hearing what she and her board members had said, gave us ideas that we hadn't even thought of. And so... There's so many ways that we can do that. But what if I had sat there with my golden key ring and had never recognized that I had golden keys on that key ring, including uh, friendship with Karen, County Director for the Hollywood Prayer Network. What a great ministry, but what a great friend who can do more good in half an hour <laughs> than I can do all year. And so that's what I mean on that point.
1: And I think that I think that I want to encourage you, listeners, too. That, like David was saying, the worst somebody can do is say no. Um, Be be really bold, pray, and then just go for it. Because the chances are that they may say yes. I mean, I know I know a lot of really big name people um, who you would think would never have time to read a book or you know whatever that have written many many endorsements for people they've never met. Uh, because they got the book, they looked through it, they read at least part of it, and they said, you know, this is a good book. I'm going to write an endorsement for this book. And so you don't necessarily, you know, all these people that have those big names in their endorsements or in their forwards, they don't necessarily all know those people personally. Those people just said, yes, I will partner with you in this. So you want to be brave and you want to look at your, you know, like Dave said, look at your Rolodex, look at look at everybody that's been a teacher of yours, uh, um, partner of yours in the past, anybody who does have an influential position that you might ask, and then just go for it. And of course, some people have to turn you down. Some people absolutely have to turn you down for whatever reason. Uh, sometimes, David, it's just time, or it's just not the right, um, the right season to even be looking at books. You just can't do it. And I know I've had to turn down some people, and I've been able to uh, do it for other people, and, and I always hate to turn people down, but at the same time, you just have to do what makes sense for your own situation right then as the person being asked for the endorsement or the forward. But just know that a lot of people, if they can, they will. They will step up to the plate oh, and absolutely. help you if you've written a good book. Yeah. And I cool. find
0: that it's so important if I ask someone and they say no, to immediately say thank you so much for saying mm-hmm. no to this request so you could better say yes to higher priorities, and, and a lot of people, it, it, it almost stuns them. They're like, "Wow, I Thanks wish for understanding. people did
1: that." <laughs> yes, I know, <laughs> right, right, exactly. Is, mm-hmm.
0: You know, it, you may be a good friend of mine, but if my wife just had uh, our newest little kid, that's not a season of life where I can write an endorsement or. Um, yeah, there can be I can be writing my own book, and <laughs> my editor may may be saying you absolutely cannot read any other books, let alone write endorsements or forward until you get your own book done. And sometimes we have to do that in order to absolutely. accomplish a very important goal.
1: So I think it's just kind of the same numbers that a salesperson would think of, you know and it's going to probably pan out better for you than even this, probably by far oh, yeah. in my own experience. But, you know, 1 out of 10, if you make 10 calls, you plan on 1 to 2 people buying, and you can just say, if I make 10 requests for endorsements or forwards, I maybe will get 1 or 2, and then you just don't get so hurt when people have to say, gosh, I'd love to, but I just can't right now. So love, love that advice. Let's go on because we are just running out of time here. So let's go on and talk about cloning the book. Now, you kind of alluded to this a little bit with cloning maybe the, the um, or, or t- having different forwards in, and afterwards inside of one book, but tell us about cloning, what does that mean, how does that look, and maybe we can spend about five, eight minutes on this. Yeah, well, I,
0: yeah, one book that um, I uh, encouraged an artist friend of mine in Portland, Oregon to publish is a book called Illuminated Praise, and the artist's name is Anna Lee Anderson. And it's a beautiful book. And and when I saw the PDF of the book, I said, oh, my goodness, Annalee, this is so exciting. You're going to have the opportunity to do author parties and sell lots of copies of this book. But would you be willing to license this book to Corbin University? Uh, I'm now working there at the university uh, as special representative of the president. I would love to to do an edition that has a forward by our president, Dr. Reno Haas, with a photo of him. And so for 3% more work, Annalise suddenly had two editions of the book. And, of course, hundreds of copies being used immediately by Corbin University. So, um, And with Rick's book um, that I mentioned earlier, uh, my favorite interviewer <laughs> has a blurb on the cover of one of the books. Well, Altogether, uh, Rick already published 11 different editions of his new book, and he and he sees this as almost test marketing for the book to help launch it out there. Uh, but the reality is, it takes only a little bit more time, and but it's so important to make sure that you have permission from individuals to use uh, their blurb from their longer endorsement on the front cover, and. Um, but it's an exciting opportunity that they have to uh, do editions. Another thing is I remember talking with uh, my friend Jocelyn Green who wanted to write a book um, for women whose husbands are serving in the military. And she just had a passion for it. And, and I encouraged Jocelyn, this is such a great idea, but I think this is more than one book. And the fact is she's already published four books, for that audience, and she has two more coming out. And so it was simply remembering that sometimes it's not a singular book that God has called us to pursue, but really a, a, a product line of, of a number of different books. Uh, the same um, when I spent time after the death of five friends of mine looking at books on grief, and I identified four books on grief that had not been published yet. And I didn't feel like I was the person to write those books, but I went out and found four authors to write those books. And actually, I just talked with a friend, Kayla, who's doing a fifth book I hadn't even thought of. That's a wonderful way of ministering to individuals who've gone through the grief of losing a loved one or friend.
1: Hmm. Now, you guys, I wonder if you picked up on, on uh, what in the beginning of this little part here about cloning the book, I wonder if you picked up on the value that it is to the person who has written the foreword or the endorsement to actually be quoted in a book. It's not, you know, I mean, everybody listening to my voice right now, raise your hand if you've been quoted in a book. And a lot of you don't have your hands up because it isn't like every day that people get quoted in a book. I mean, some people do get quoted in a book almost every day if they've, you know, had so many quotes, you know, Thomas Edison or, you know, like that. But, but most people, it's really not every day. And to be quoted in a book that they really love, um, this data is, is a big honor to the person being quoted as well as an, an opportunity for them to help get the word out about the book, both at the same time. So it's really such a win-win for the person who wants to uh, partner with the book uh, publicity and, and getting it out there to people.
0: Oh, absolutely. Because suddenly by writing an endorsement, um, you um, have added another golden key to your own key ring. And believe me, it's a lot easier to write an endorsement after reading the book than to write that book. So I would yeah. love to write 10 <laughs> or 12 endorsements for every book I write myself simply because it's a yeah. way of blessing others and th- the reality is even though I don't often think of it until afterward, wow I just had another golden key to my key
1: ring. Mm-hmm. And that's always how those golden keys are, are. They are something where you've actually given usually there's something that you've given uh, freely without expecting something in return and here comes back this gift from God and uh, that's what I think is so amazing about serving God and just Living for him is that you can never, never, never outgive God, and you don't give Absolutely. because you're going to get back. But you give, and then you do get back, and it's not always in the same manner that you give that you get back. But you get this, um, you get this residual coming back from God all the time, uh, like an interest or a bonus on top of what you give. I just love that about being God's servant. Well, we're going to take a little break and come right back with our last two sections. Reward your best endorsers with special editions, how to do that, and rocket digital copies to a million readers. We'll be right back. Mm. Welcome back. This is Marnie. Our guest today, David Sanford, has been sharing with us five secrets to skyrocketing your book launch sales. And if you've missed this, you're going to want to go back and catch the top of it to get in on all of this. We are on point number four of five right now. Reward your best endorsers with special editions. What is the difference, David, between a clone and a special edition?
0: Well, um, A special edition is really something that in talking with Karen Kovell, when she got excited about the book, Get Prayer and Get It All, um, she and her board of directors talked about it and they came back and they said, would it be possible for us to put a photo of Karen and her bio on one of the pages in the back of the book and then put in a couple pages about Hollywood Prayer Network and its vital ministry, It's 65 affiliates throughout the U.S., over 15,000 members and really hundreds of thousands of people who are part of a group where their leader is connected to Hollywood Prayer Network. Well, for no cost, we were able to add those extra pages to the back of the book and then create a special edition available just for Her ministry's use. And uh, beyond that, Uh, we gave her a PDF copy uh, with the front cover, the entire book, and the back cover that she could send out to all of her um, network who could then turn around and send it out to others um, that were part of these vital prayer uh, ministries focused on the who's who in Hollywood, those who are believers and those who haven't come to faith in Christ and uh, such an exciting ministry that has seen so many positive results. Well another endorser uh, Lisa DeLay wonderful writer uh, got the idea from Karen and she wanted to do the same thing to add several pages in the back of another edition of Rick Patchett's book um, to be able to send out to her list and so the, the reality is today that um, with the advantage of having Amazon's CreateSpace publishing program and other high-quality, low-cost, print-on-demand publishers like Amazon's CreateSpace, we have the opportunity of creating multiple editions. As I was saying a few minutes ago, Rick already has 11 editions of his book that uh, are are out uh, or coming out. Uh, in the next few days, kind of as an early Thanksgiving gift, uh, the way it was uh, positioned by some of these endorsers. But the, the reality is we have to think beyond this book singular, and we need to be willing, if endorsers want it, to do special editions for them. And I had the opportunity, Marnie, uh, recently to be back in Atlanta and spent some time with Simon Bailey, one of America's most popular motivational speakers. And he told me three things I hope I never forget. And he said, number one, your job is what you get paid to do, but your relational brilliance is who you were made to be. And uh, that's what we're made for. And secondly, that we live in a relationship economy, and we need to start connecting. Who do we know that is all for us, who wants to encourage us, who wants to help open doors for us, who are moved to write to us when they've read something that we've written or heard us um, on the air, Uh, those testimonials are so important. And the third thing that Simon told me is, the people you need, you already know. And it's true. We Mm -hmm. already know (laughs) who we need to be able to move forward. And um, and sometimes they're individuals who know somebody else. And so not only are they helping us and joining our team, but they're turning around and introducing us to somebody they know and uh, and opening those exciting doors for us. So again, I want to make sure it's crystal clear. We're not talking about spending hundreds or thousands of dollars on these special editions. We're really talking about spending almost no time, and almost no money. It really takes the designer <laughs> very little time to add in those extra pages. and uh, But it gives the person who has that special edition the opportunity to say, right now, here's a free um, uh, PDF copy, and if you want to buy the book, you can go to this link and uh, and do so. And it's got my blurb on the front cover. It's got pages in the back. About the Ministry, so you can share this book with your family and friends, your network of relationships, and they can get to know about us at the same time, so it 's really a win win
1: Now, you just kind of cleared up something that I was going to ask you about a moment a moment ago, but why don 't you go into a little bit of detail here about um, said that you are sending these out as free PDFs, so but typically. If we share an ebook, that would be almost like plagiarism—not um, plagiarism, but actually a, a copyright infringement. To to go ahead and you know pretend like we could just send out copies of someone's books. Yet it sounds like that's what you're doing, and yet you're still selling books. So can you clarify what the actual plan is there? What what is the plan? Yeah,
0: uh, if it's okay. I'll jump right into my fifth secret for skyrocketing our book launch sales, which. <laughs> Which is to rocket digital copies out to a million readers. Now, um, million um, may be uh, uh, hyperbole for some who are listening to this interview, and for others that may be actually an understatement. But to skyrocket book launch sales, um, we need to remember that that the economy for books has fundamentally changed. And uh, I think of my friend David Cook who published uh, a best-selling book called Seven Days in Utopia. And he's a golf pro. He's worked with over 100 people on the PGA Tour. He is um, an evangelist by heart. And so he wrote this evangelistic book that winsomely presents the gospel message and a lot of great tips on how to golf, Um, he gave away copies of his book. He still does to this day. You You can download the book for free. If you would like to buy a hardcover edition, you can do that on his website. If you'd like to buy a paperback edition that's really nice, you can. If you want to buy... Uh, a low cost mass market edition where the paper isn't the same quality and I hate to say it it will yellow in a few years. Um, so we're paying now for the for the form of the book instead of the content of the book and we're going to see this more and more and more as time goes on and so the same thing here. Instead of saying, well, we've, we've got to be protective of our book and we can't let anybody see it, otherwise they won't buy it, the reality is we want to see the book. And for you know, a number of people, they'll read the book in that PDF form from start to finish. they will turn around and share it with others. But for a lot of people, they're still going to prefer to have the book themselves. And, um, and so if we're generous <laughs> with our message, and we're willing to take the risk. The, the fact is we're going to sell far more books by sending out tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, even a million or more copies of the book in digital form. And again, this isn't for everyone, but I think that it's an option, it's an opportunity, it's a new way of marketing that we really have to, to consider. And uh, going back to Karen Covill as well, you know, with her network, we're expecting hundreds of thousands of people, up to 700,000 people, will get a PDF copy of the book, Get Prayer and Get It All by Rick Padgett within the first seven days after she sends it out uh, next Friday the 15th. And, um, and then we'll see. Uh, how many copies are sold over the next 30, 60, 90 days as a result of that particular uh, emailing. We've got others sending them out to thousands or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands, but the reality is, as my wife and I decided many years ago when we were first married, Renny and I made the commitment that our ministry is just as important when we're talking to one person as it is when we reach a million readers. And, uh, and the reality is we can prayerfully distribute electronic copies of a book with the same intensity of prayer and expectation and hope as we do when we release it in, in printed form. And again, for my own experience, I have a number of friends who are going to want to read it electronically. I have a number that don't want to get an electronic (laughs) book. You know, if you send it to them by email, they're just not even going to open the email. But if I give them a printed copy of the book, then yes, they're much more likely to read it. And so going back to the golden key ring with those golden keys, maybe it's not even someone who is an endorser, but it's a ministry leader who can get behind your book and can tell people about it, or write a blog about it, uh, or, uh, put it in their online bookstore, uh, that will help you, uh, in getting the word out. The thing we don't want to do, Marnie, is to sit there six months after a book was published and go, oh, wow, should I have done something? Because I only reached 300 people with my book. I was really thinking that God wanted us to do more. Well, these... Ideas are not set in stone, but they're ideas that have worked very well and that are exciting to try. It's always a step of faith. But, um, you know, for me, Marnie, as I have gone through these last few years, I have found myself waking up every day, literally every day, thanking God for his sovereignty his greatness, his providence or his goodness, for his grace in our lives, for his love, and for his mystery. And the fact is, even when it comes to selling books, uh, I was reading uh, earlier this week a very influential article uh, talking about trends in book publishing that said, we really still don't know what makes one book sell uh, off the charts in the next book that's actually written better that sells only hundreds of copies. Well, God can use hundreds of copies, but I believe that these strategies of thinking way beyond the endorsement, not stopping with a great forward, of cloning our book early and often, of rewarding our best endorsers with special editions that they want, and then a rocketing digital copies of our book out, that God can use those steps uh, to get our message out and to build his kingdom and to bless more people than (laughs) we'll ever know this side of eternity. I can imagine for a number of people listening to this interview, they may have a book that's in their computer, and hopefully this interview will encourage them to get it out and to get it published but only in heaven that <laughs> they're confronted by a long line of readers, will they really know how many people they touched. I got a letter a while back, and somebody said, well, you're not going to like this, but I'm the sixth person who's read a particular copy of your book. And right. uh, they mentioned the title of the book, and they said, you know, each of us that read it, write our name on the inside of the book, <laughs> and then we pass it along to a friend. And uh, so, you know, I know that we've cost you five sales, but just I just wanted to let you know how this book changed my life. Well, <laughs> I wrote the book to change lives by God's right. Holy Spirit using it, not just for the sales. And so, uh, you know, I could take letters like that every day because yep. the reality is that's why... That's the bottom line of why we do our books. I'm not against sales. I certainly don't fear it like we talked about earlier. But, uh, again, I wake up every day and I thank God that he's the one in control and he's the one that can use it. My mentor and dear friend, Luis Palau, has often encouraged me to dream great dreams, to pray great prayers, to plan great plans, and then to obey great commands, and he takes that from the Gospel of John, where Jesus is talking with his disciples the night before his crucifixion, and he's encouraging them that after his resurrection, they will do amazing things. And uh, and the reality is, I hope that for each of your listeners uh, for this interview, that they'll address the question I asked at the beginning. If you could wave a magic wand, what would you do? And the second question I'd love to ask is, would you be willing to do 1% to 3% more work if it would double or quadruple impact? And if so, what would that do to your morale? Well, every time I ask somebody that, they're going like, you're cheating. You're asking two questions. <laughs> of course I would be willing. Of course I'd be willing to do 1% to 3% more work if it would double or quadruple my impact. And, and only one person has ever said, well, it won't really change my morale. My morale is fine. I'm not exactly convinced of that. I think they're a little bit of an Eeyore. But <laughs> for everyone else, the fact is it will. And uh, I really hope. That whether it's through this interview or resources that you make available to your listeners, that we can encourage them uh, to step out in faith and be used of God.
1: Mm, Love it, love it, love it. Well, you guys heard it here. You need to (laughs) really pay attention to what's been presented today because this is kind of the cutting edge of where book publishing is going. Um, David's been involved with that for many years and he graciously came and shared that with us today. You've all agreed to share with us your training no fear book publishing strategies that work and you guys can find that by either emailing him directly using the show notes that are downloadable to you at Blog Talk Radio or over at marnie.com and also members that those That actual program is already inside the membership zone. David, thank you so much. Thank you for your life, but thank you for being here today, too.
0: Oh, thank you so much, Marnie. It's been just a pleasure.
1: And thank you all for being here. I love it when you come out, and I love it when you listen to the archives, and I love it when you give us feedback. And so get a hold of David and let him know thanks for being here, and contact me if you need anything, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.